we have to be able to feel confident and share our errors with others so we can all grow together. You must listen. Welcome to the Drilling Millions Podcast. The Drilling Drilling Millions Podcast. Lessons from some of the most successful dentists on the planet. I want you to deal with your problems by becoming rich. Presented by Sage Dental Partners. Your practice transition team. That escalated quickly. Coming to you from Toronto. Podcasting to the world. Please welcome. Please welcome. Akil Chawla. This was probably one of the all-time episodes of the Drilling Millions podcast. Really great and, and deep conversation with Dr. Neki Jamal. I had hosted Neki on my old podcast, uh, The Majestic Mutt. So we were pretty well acquainted with one another. But what we uncovered through this podcast were beyond business, beyond dentistry, and really looking at what makes people happy, what gives people purpose, and how to orient your life in a way and structure in a way that it's going to be fulfilling for you, but more importantly, be fulfilling for people around you. We talk a lot about how Neki gives back in, in various forms, including through his continuing education with third molar extractions, how he built a 24-op practice, and how on the very first day it flooded, and really handling setbacks and failures along the way. Now we cap it off with finding a path in dentistry. There's so many ways you can you can go about this profession. You can go into a specialty, you can go into business, you can go into being an associate. There's just endless possibilities. So we talk a lot about that. Neki's actually going to be at the dental school conference. I think it's a Canadian dental school conference in early January. I believe it's January 13th and 14th. He's the keynote speaker there. I'll be there as well. Any of the listeners are going to be there. Shoot me a DM at Dentistry Poppy. Would love to see some of you guys. But most importantly, come support Neki because this man is just awesome and so inspiring to talk to every time I, I get the pleasure of speaking to him. So let's get into this episode. I find life is a string of pearls. And uh, it, it's funny because I just I just saw a Netflix movie and there was a, the same analogy. Life is Life is a string of pearls where each pearl leads to the next pearl, leads to the next pearl. And in it, kind of develops into something. And honestly, Third Molars Online started during COVID. I started teaching a little bit before COVID, you know, just atraumatic extractions because we don't learn how to take out teeth in school. And so many people came to me like, can I shadow you? Can you teach me how to, you know, reflect a flap? I don't even know what it should look like. What instruments do you use? And then they would send me pictures of their extractions or they would send me pictures or videos of them taking out a tooth. And it was just so messy. And I was like, man, there's no one teaching people how to take out teeth properly. And so um, that's why I started teaching because I never really had that mentor to help me. And I had to learn the hard way and through failure. And so um, when I started teaching, that was always my philosophy is like, I want to give back. This is my way of giving back to my profession to help the people around me. I'm, I'm huge into service. And so whether that's service for other people or service for the people around me, my profession, this was my way. And so we started teaching and, and getting steam and, and uh, um, going to PDC, like Pacific Dental Conference um, in 2020. And that was like the biggest lecture. There was like 500 people there. It was awesome. And then that was the same lecture that... Um, or that was the same conference that was like, you know, the igniter for COVID in Canada. uh, So the media says, right. Mm -hmm. And everything 
shut down after that. It was like all this, you know, esteem I was gathering, collect, or, or I was, you know, collecting teaching is kind of just been wiped out and, and like teaching doesn't exist anymore. And so I, st- I, uh, I was kind of like bummed out and then I couldn't go to work because, um, you know, we were on lockdown and it was just such a frustrating time. But then I started getting people asking me, Hey, can you do a webinar? And I'm like, what the heck is zoom? Right. And mm-hmm. so we were all in that, uh, all in that, that boat. And I started doing webinars and then people were like, man, Neki, I want you to, to run a course online and, uh, teach my, uh, like do these study clubs. And I was like, okay, okay. And then it just kind of, you know, the next pearl was, why don't I just create the most badass wisdom tooth course that exists? Um, because there's, there's just nothing out there. Um, you can watch as many YouTube's as YouTube videos as you want, but you need someone to explain it to you. And that was my philosophy is to break down every single part of the procedure and really dive into it. And there's no models. There's none of that crap. It's everything's clinical videos, the entire um, course. So I, uh, I'll play a video of me taking out a tooth and then I'll stop it. And I'll be like, look at this here. This is what I need to do. And it honestly, people just, loved it. And I poured my heart and soul into it for a good year. And I'm surprised my girlfriend is still with me because I totally neglected her, but I worked on this thing every single day for at least, you know, five to six hours, especially when you come home from work. Um, it, it was hard and, um, it, it, it turned into something awesome. And it was quite possibly one of, uh, my biggest accomplishments, um, ever is just creating something that can help so many people. And uh, I'm, I'm super proud of it. Did you do all the editing and, and videography yourself or did you hire someone yeah. for that? No, that was the cool part. It was like, man, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to do anything. So like I started watching YouTube videos, like Final Cut Pro, like how do you edit a video? But like, what kind of camera do you need? And how do you like, then I started getting into like quality of video, then sound design. And like, what kind of mics do you need? And it just like, I don't know how many thousands of dollars I bought in, in equipment, like typical dentists, right? We always think that that one piece of equipment (laughs) equipment, is just going to make our lives easier, but it's not the equipment. It's how you use it. Right. And so (laughs) I spent so much money on, I I, I wish I could show you my closet full of lenses and it would be like a photographer's dream. And it just, it's all just sitting there because I didn't know how to use it properly. And, uh, it, it, yeah, so I had to learn everything myself and, you know, I call my buddies and be like, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? And then, um, there was actually, uh, uh, one of my buddies in, uh, in my town, he, I used to coach him in basketball. So he's like, you know, 15 years younger than me. And, uh, I was like, Hey, can you help me with this website stuff? And so he totally helped me, uh, create my website. And now he's in med school at, uh, Queens. And uh, he helped me out a ton. And without him, I wouldn't like, he helped me like develop the vision and, and it was really, really cool. And now I'm just having so much fun with it. Wow. So for people that are just listening to this on audio, you know, Neki's video setup is probably the best video setup I've seen of any guest that's been on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> it looks man. like you're, it looks like you're in a, you're in like a professional, you know, video studio. It's uh, it's pretty nuts. So I'm assuming that's what you created for the oh, uh, totally. third molars yeah. online. Man, this is the best part because like I remember coming home from work and I was like going on YouTube. There's no YouTube videos like how to create a a studio. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'm like, how do these guys get the black behind them? And I'm like, they must paint their walls. So I came home with a big bucket of 
like matte paint and I'm just like going nuts in this room and I and I'm in my basement right now and I have like I don't know this like satanic black room down here and then (laughs) and it's so dark and then one of my buddies was just like why didn't you just put up a black cloth and I was like oh yeah I guess I could have (laughs) so when I go to sell this house I'm gonna have to do something I'll probably just have to tear out the drywall nothing's gonna cover this up right exactly uh... (laughs) yeah that's 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 the classic you know you know even for me when I started the podcast when I started the first podcast Majestic Mutt I was so obsessive over, you know, I had a voice crack there that needs to be edited out. You know, like the, 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 the gate is not right there. I need to get a different microphone, you know? And it's like, as I learned and as I progressed, I'm like the equipment and the technique doesn't matter. It's the, it's the content. It's the content that actually matters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's this, there's this uh, filmmaker. um, You probably know him, Casey Neistat on on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And his like, you know, he used to just like, have like 10 million views like an episode he'd be filming this thing on us like an iphone 5 and he's just like nobody gives a shit about the tech it's yeah. all about the story yeah 100 so, i was just gonna say so i started implementing like that mentality and 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 since then i've just been focused on you know i'm still using my like first microphone i ever bought the background is not yeah. black it's white <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, just let it just let it fly Dude, I'm with you, man. It's about, uh, it's about, like you said, it's, it's the story. Everyone is searching for stories. That's the only thing in social media that will never change is the personal connection. And it's the story. And frankly, if you dive into it, it's the authenticity of it. And that's why exactly what you said, whether you're filming on an iPhone five or a whatever full frame DSLR camera here, it, it does not matter if that authenticity isn't there. Cause that's what keeps people around. Exactly. So, so the way you delivered third molars online was partly a, um, a result of COVID, but what's the traditional way, um, that these sort of extraction courses are, um, given, is it in person? Is it, you know, in, in a clinical setting, do you learn this from a mentor? How, how is it given? Yeah. So, um, uh, I used to just do like, uh, you know, a two day lecture and kind of show you the stuff from for, like the videos from third molars online. And it's cool. Cause you can like, you know, stop and you can talk about all the different scenarios. And then I would go into people's offices and we would hold, um, basically like third molar extraction clinics and, and they would bring patients and, uh, you know, they would freeze them up and then we'd tell them where to section and, and how to section. And, and it all comes down to case selection right and knowing what to take on and what to refer out and that's the biggest problem is understanding and knowing what is going to give you an issue and what isn't and until you get into trouble that's you'll never know right and so that's kind of the learning curve i tried to try to implement but the best sort of course in my opinion is you have to learn the basics you have to you know watch the videos you have to try it a bit yourself first, take on easier cases, learn to reflect flaps. And then you go into a hands-on course where you start taking on more of those trickier cases um, with already some experience um, in your back pocket, like, um, you know, where to make incisions and stuff like that, because then your learning curve, you know what you've had problems with. And then now you have someone there to help you through it. But you know, you don't know what you don't know. And uh, until you have a little bit of experience, that hands-on course may not be um, perfect for you. Um, but you kind of need all three. You need the background, you need the experience, and then you need the hands-on at the end. And I think that's what makes the best extraction course. And that's what I've been trying to do. So there's a bit of a naive question, but so when you graduate from dental school, you know, you you do some extractions when you're when you're in school, but when you graduate, 
are you essentially allowed to take on, um, this is a bit more of a broad question, but are you allowed to take on anything that you deem is within scope for yourself? Or is there, you know, a, a guideline set up by some institution? How, how do you know what you can do and what you can refer? This is the million dollar question. And so let me, let me frame it this way, because that is a phenomenal question. Short answer, yes, you can take on whatever you think you can take on. And that is quite possibly the most dangerous dangerous thing out there is you, you've been given this confidence in dental school that you know what you're doing, but then you get in the real world and you try to apply that and you still have that mentality, especially your first couple, even your first year when you get out and you will eventually realize how little you know when you're knee deep into a, a horrible extraction that someone with more experience could have taken out in, you know, three minutes and you're on your third hour of trying to pick away at this tooth. And it's a horrible experience for the patient, horrible experience for you. Um, but you need to, you need to almost have those experiences to fail, to understand where you need to grow from and to realize I can't be doing this stuff on, on live patients because I just don't know enough yet. But at dental school, that's what I think tricks a lot of people is it gives you this false sense of confidence. And until you get out there and you realize um, how little, you know, without, with all due respect, you know, I was there too. Um, and you fail. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very humbling experience for everyone, as I'm sure you'll, uh, uh, you may see for yourself, but, um, um, yeah, short answer is you can, with your license, take on anything you want. And, and I think that's, that's the dangerous part about it. Um, as my new associates, uh, you know, feel, and, and I have to cut them off from extractions and be like, okay, no more extractions. I'm going to see the extractions. You come watch me. And, uh, um, I'll, uh, I'll help you get there, but you just have to take baby steps. Yeah. That's the, that's the, whatever that's saying, you know, you know, enough to be dangerous and that seems like sort of the yeah. case. Right. And the issue with dentistry oh, totally. is like, you don't know when you're in there. Right. And sometimes it's like too late to turn back. You can't just be like, Oh shit, I'm just going to put this oh, back in. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we'll suture you no. back up, go to the, go to the oral surgeon. Oh, totally. And like, like perfect case in point. Um, before one of my associates started working with me, I'm like, Hey, come watch me take out some mates. And he was like, yeah, he's all gunged up and, and he was like ready to go. And he's just in there and he's just like, Oh, look so easy. You just cut them in half and take them out. Right. And I just look up at him and I'm like, I love you, man. But like, you can't replace my experience. Like I, you can't think it's just easy because it took me tens of thousands of teeth to get here. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like don't, don't substitute, um, you know, the appearance of ease with, with experience because it took me years and years to be able to make it look that easy because it really isn't, you know? And that's why I have so much respect for, you know, the, the surgeons out there or the, the other GPs that, that do a lot of surgery or the other GPs that dive into biomimetic dentistry. And I look on Instagram and I see these phenomenal cases. And if I even tried to do one of those, it would be open margins everywhere. It'd, be, it'd look like crap. Right. And so I have so much uh, respect for these clinicians that just dive into a subject like head first. And, and that's all they care about and read about because they make it look easy when it really isn't. So yeah, it's, it, it can be tough, especially for new grads. Yeah. Have you uh, heard of Dr. Bongard? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Stephen Bongard in, uh, in uh, Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just on Thursday night, um, you know, I got to know him through 
uh, a common friend and and uh, so we were hosted myself and uh, and a bunch of um, dental students at U of T we all went down to his new CE center um, it's called Genesis oh, yeah, yeah. and this yeah. was the most insane um, you know setup I've ever seen like intraoral scanners you know AI for prosto um, y- you name it he had the tech there and one thing that, you know, I just found hilarious was he has a team of oral surgeons. He has a team of prosthodontists. He has a team of, um, you know, literally all the specialties in, in house. And he, and he, the way this building is set up is on one end, it's the clinic. And on the other end, it's the, the, the learning center and just, you know, mm-hmm. top of the line equipment, sick golf simulator too, <laughs> which I thought was sweet, but, um, you know, I, I was hearing him talk. He gave a little, you know, he gave a little talk to us and I, I, I couldn't help, but just had to remind myself. I was like, you know, Dr. Bongard's a GP, like, you know, he's not a specialist and he's doing more implant cases than probably like a lot of the, the perios and and oral surgeons in, in the GTA as a GP. So it's like, it goes to show like, you don't necessarily need to be, you know, the, the prosto or the perio or the, you know, oral surgeon to do these cases, but you know, you have to have, he has so much experience under his belt. You have to have that confidence in order to execute on those things. Cause you know, if you don't, the results will speak for themselves. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I believe in that statement to a point. Um, I'm a GP and I'm proud to be a GP, but I also know how to, what, what I know how to stay in my lane almost, you know what I mean? I'm not going to be taking out, taking on cases that are high risk that are, you know, horizontally impacted below the level of the second molar on an 80 year old man. You know what I mean? Like I know what I'm capable of doing and what I'm not. And I think that's what differentiates, um, you know, a GP that will succeed like, like Dr. Bongard um, versus, um, you know, a, a referring it to a specialist, because I think everyone has their role um, and, it, and it's all upon us to determine what our role is and what is above our head and what is, you know, we're able to do. And until you develop that, um, you know, that thought process and, and understanding your own skills, I think that's when you truly succeed because taking on cases that are, you know, above my head puts our patients at risk and puts myself in risk that I don't really want to get into. Um, so it's, it can be humbling, but it's just so important to learn the extent of your capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, I feel a bifurcation almost, at least what I see in school you know, there's the, the group of people that are just way too ambitious and don't understand the extent of their knowledge. And then you have the other end of yeah, people boys. that are just, yeah. you know, I won't graduate until I do five GPRs, right? It's like, no, dude, like you can do this. Like, they don't worry about, you know, messing up or it's like, I remember when I first started perioproping, like the simplest thing in the world. It's like, oh crap. Like I'm like looking through it in my loops and like the bleeding area looks like it's just like in my entire field of vision. Like, oh my God, this patient's bleeding out. Right. So it's like, yeah. there's like a bifurcation. So it's like, you're right. Finding the, the in-between of, um, <laughs> I kind of hate to compare it to drinking and driving, but it's like, you know, you got to be the one to self-regulate because when, when, when you're left to make oh, that decision, sometimes yes. it's it's uh it's it's a bit dangerous totally i man i know that's a a, that's a rough analogy to make but you're totally right though man like it it is self-regulation you're in charge of what you do and what you don't and that's where you can get into trouble but can i tell you the the best thing that ever happened to me was my very first tooth that i took out i remember cutting it in half not knowing what i'm looking for trying to section it was an upper first molar trying to section it, not knowing what I'm looking for. And it's just the easiest thing now, right? 
not knowing where to make the sections. I know the vision in my head of where the section should be in the textbook. I make it through. I start pushing, start pushing. Boom, lose the tooth. Sinus. Push the tooth into the sinus. The mesial buccal root right in the sinus. The very first tooth I take out. This is okay. how I start my career. But if if that didn't happen, the overly ambitious dentist, like you just said, that was me, man. That overly ambitious dentist would have would have done so much more damage. We don't know what we don't know. And and until like after that, I sought out every single person I could every single weekend. I don't care what kind of dental course it was, whether it was pediatrics or ortho or endo or surgery, I was gone. I was there because I did not want that to happen to me again. And, you know, we always, there's no such thing as failure if you learn from it. So that was a mistake that totally happened. And I think that was one of the best things that ever happened to me is because everything we do creates a reaction, right? Some, a lot of times that's good, but sometimes it can go downhill, don't go downhill fast. And I, I don't want any of my colleagues to get into that position, but we can create damage even with good intentions. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And you're right. If, if you don't have those experiences to really humble you, you know, you can really let your ego, I'm not saying you had a oh, big God. ego or, or disproportionately yeah. big compared to other you know people in healthcare or dentistry, but you know, you can, you can really let that get away from you. God, ego is the one thing in life that will tear you down. The, mm-hmm. the second I, I, I was able to learn about ego and truly, truly understand what ego means out there and how it reflects on yourself. That's the true destroyer of life is ego. If you can push your ego aside and ask questions and truly learn, that's when you get true growth in life and in your career. So, um, I don't know I, if, if anyone ever comes to my lecture, if, if I'm privileged enough to, for anyone to come to one of my lectures, um, you, you'll learn quick. I don't share successes. I only share mistakes. I only share failures because that's how we grow as a profession. And, and, and the problem I see right now is we're seeing too many pretty cases out there. We're seeing too many, you know, these beautiful veneer, whatever, like beautiful cases, uh, implant cases. And then you don't see the crap that goes on behind it. And there's a lot of crap out there and, and we have to be able Um, to feel confident and share our errors with others so we can all grow together. Like what you heard? Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen and follow Drilling Millions on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube for exclusive clips.